Hey everyone, I'm your host Angelica and welcome to the Bring Back Femininity Podcast where we educate and empower women how to tap into their secret superpowers and get everything they want out of life. Thank you for listening. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Bring Back Femininity Podcast. I am your host Angelica and I'm here with Michael Shula, my fiance. Hello. Hello. So we just drank some coffee. I am up. We am are ready. highly caffeinated yeah, right now. Sweaty palms. And we are ready to talk. I was getting antsy before I started. Oh, like, right. okay. He's, he was let's being go. such a meanie. Let's I was like, go. I was writing stuff down and I think he said, let's go like 10 times in a span of one minute. And I'm like, yo, chill out right now. Like, Listen, I know I'm being a lot, but I have had a lot of coffee. <laughs> Um, okay, so I know I said that I wanted this podcast to be very educational and very informational. And I remember when I was starting this podcast, I was writing I was writing a ton of scripts out and because I just wanted to have all the information on these scripts. So I wanted to go back to the scripts and because there's just there's a lot in there that I want to cover. So that's what we will be doing today. So I want to talk about what is femininity? I feel like we just always say femininity, femininity, but nobody has like a clear definition of what it is. And then we want to talk about a bit of what masculinity is. And then I want to get into the whole feminist movement and the liberation movement that happened in the 1960s to the 70s. And just talk about how that feminist movement has shaped today's society and the modern day feminist movement today. So uh, let's get into it. So first, Michael, how would you define masculinity? You mean to go all the way into it? I want you to go all the way into it. Okay. So I wrote down some notes here about five minutes ago. <laughs> and she was like, what, you know, I'm like, well, maybe I'll look at some articles. I'm like, no, I, I figured it out. So look, this is just my version of what it means to be a man. And it may not be uh, somebody else's definition, but I'm going to go through a list of 15 things that I wrote down and kind of go into each one with a little bit of detail so that you can understand how I think about what it means to be masculine and just to be a man overall. So the first one is that, <clears throat> and this is my belief again, is understanding that you are the spiritual leader. So it's up to you to lead by example. If something is wrong, it is your fault. So plainly put, if Ange is in a bad mood, I am doing a poor job of being a good spiritual leader. And that might sound crazy to some people because they think, wow, you know, uh, how the hell am I going to control, you know, I have a hard enough time controlling myself. How do I also now have to carry the burden of, you know, leading by example for, for my counterpart? And it's like, well, that's because that's literally what you're there to do. You need to lead her spiritually so that she is able to um, feel safe and protected in your energy and in, in your, I guess, like the spirit, you know, that you're kind of putting off so that she can um, kind of fall in line with that as well. Like, let me give you a perfect example. If I wake up early in the morning and I meditate and I journal and I read the Bible and I, um, you know, uh, get a good workout in and get ready, take a cold shower, get a good breakfast, get a cup of coffee, do all that stuff. The whole day, I'm in a much better mood. I am not 
allowing things to get under my skin as easily. I am not being as sensitive to different things because I've already gotten in touch with God in the morning. I've already kind of worked out those issues within myself so that by the time I see Ange when she wakes up, I'm smiling, I'm in a good mood, I feel good, I'm present. And by doing that, how do you think she wakes up, right? Do you think she wakes up in a really negative mood when she sees me smiling and bringing her her coffee and, you know, giving her a kiss on the forehead? And, you know, it's because I feel so good. I've taken that extra time for myself, which I do, by the way, at 545 in the morning, because there's no other time that you're going to be able to get time to yourself when you are trying to, if, if you run a business like me or you're busy like me, right? You you have to use this, do this at a time when you're not going to be getting uh, texted or emailed or slacked or, you know, you're getting already questions from, from people around you. So I feel like another way it's kind of just like when shit hits the fan, like, and there's like, I've been in such bad moods because, you know, even planning the wedding when things don't go my way or the vendor I don't want, it's like, I come and I... I'm so sad and Mike guides me into like a way where it's like more free. Like it's okay. Like it wasn't meant to be, you know, like it's, a, we'll, we'll find another one instead of kind of just like meeting me in that place of darkness and being like, yeah, screw this, screw that. Oh my God, you didn't get it. Like, let, let me call that person up and whatever, whatever. It's more of like, Hey, it's okay. We'll get through this together. Like we'll find somebody else. It's all good. And I can literally, my mood can change from being completely sad to very happy. It's because he guided me in the right direction. He didn't leave me in the darkness. Yeah. So if you have a problem with the way that your woman is treating you, then it's your fault as a man. If you are upset with the way that she's acting around the house, it's your fault. And as I keep going through all these, you'll understand why it is. Uh, and that's a good place to start because as a man, because ultimately if you start taking blame for everything, then the beauty in that is you realize that you can fix it. And, you know, I just think that's a very empowering place to be as a man is that it gives you your power back because you, you know, it's like a lot of guys will say, no, it's it, my girl is crazy and it's not my fault. She's, she's absolutely nuts. And it's this like, guy's, well, then what did you do to make her crazy? Right. Or what why, did you do to get her to that point? Or why are you with her then? So it's, it's. You know, that that's the first place I'll start is that everything is your fault. Get used to it. Life's not fair. You're a man and that's the position that you were put in. But there's a lot of good things that can come with it too. So I'll just start there. The second one is providing. So in my opinion, I believe that a man should be a good provider. And yes, that means predominantly financially. And I'm just a big believer in kind of the old school way of doing things. You know, I don't let Ange pay the mortgage. I don't let her um, pay for dinners. You know, she doesn't have to pay for her car. She doesn't have to worry about anything. Now, I know, unfortunately, there are men listening to this and and women that are with men that, you know, do not financially have the resources to be able to do that. And I totally understand. But if it was me, I'd work two jobs then. If it was me, I would figure out a way that I'm reading every possible book in the world and trying to network with everybody I possibly could to be a good provider. So I don't think that's a legitimate excuse either. There's a lot of ways to make money. And I just feel like, you know, if you've, if you, I, like I know people too, like I, I have a, a friend that, you know, worked a construction job and his wife got pregnant and, you know, she, she uh, had birth and. You know, he, he said, well, and she was a school teacher and he said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to drive Uber at night. And it's like, cause I don't want her to work. I want to provide for her. Mm -hmm. I want her to be home with the kid. And it's like, 
that is a true man in my opinion. I I agree. And and it, there's like so much there's so many ways to make money in the world right now. Like if it's e-commerce, if it's drop shipping, if it's freaking playing video games online like TikTok influencers, like there's so many ways to kind of to make money. And I just feel that if you and I love that mentality, by the way, I love that mindset you have. But I feel like a lot of people always kind of like complain. And I, I want to get into this because a lot of people complain being like, well, the way that the society works right now is you can't buy a house. You need to you need to be a dual income, you know. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, like you- I, I look, I, I didn't come from any money. Mm-hmm. So for me, there is no excuse. You know, I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't given anything in life. So I feel like that's a cop out. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it just, I, I don't know. You know, I just don't have that mentality, and and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people do. So that's a, that's. A, I just feel like again, that's a cop out. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like ultimately, then you're living outside your means. Mm-hmm. It, it goes to if you are living on two incomes because you absolutely have to. If I was the woman, I would be encouraging the man to be learning and growing mm-hmm. and 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 trying to get as many promotions and to try I to get, yeah. make as much money as humanly possible. And and again, there's probably a lot of girls thinking, well, you know, there aren't a lot of men like that and I've got to make my own money because they're not out there. And it's like, I get it. But so, you know, you made your own money before we met, mm-hmm. you know, and so I'm not saying that any woman that's single shouldn't be working. You mm-hmm. absolutely should be, you know, if you don't have a man to provide for you. But ultimately, again, this is just my definition of what a man is. And I realize that yeah. not everybody can do this. And yeah. I remember when I had an Instagram and I would post stuff like this, it would be very triggering to yeah. my friends that couldn't afford to take care of their wives or, or of their girlfriends. So I get that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't see you working two jobs. I don't see you working over the weekend. I don't see you reading every book, taking every course you can to become successful because I did. I just feel like also when a lot of people do 50-50, the man will never reach his true potential because he doesn't have basically the world crashing down and being like, I have to do this. Like, you know, like let's say a woman can work, but I feel like if her ultimate goal is, okay, I don't want to work for the rest of my life. I want to have children and I just want to stay home and I want to be with the kids because a lot of girls have that switch. Mm-hmm. They feel like I'm going to be a career woman. I'm going to be a career woman all my life. And But then you have this baby and you don't want to give it to the nanny. You want to be with it the whole time. So you have this switch of like, I want to stay home. And as a man, if he was never in that provider mindset, it's like, you won't be able to stay home. So even before you get married or before you have kids, if you want to have that conversation and be like, hey, I would like to stay home with the kids like in the future. Like, I hope like we can figure something out. And it's up to the man to kind of be like, what can I do? Yes, you can stay home. Now it's up to the man to be like, I want to provide for her. What can I do? Like we have people valet, you know, our valet guy. He works, what, three o'clock to 11 o'clock valet and he provides for his family, mm. her say, shout out to her say, yeah, her say right? Man. And he's like, he's so amazing. And you can look at these people and I'm not saying that you have to live in the best home or, you know, you have to go to fancy restaurants and all that stuff, like, or I'm not, and I can't say that, oh, okay, it's always about like financially. If you have to split a mortgage, split a mortgage, but at least have the man pay for majority of things. Well, look, it's just the fact of the matter is that 
if you're going to be splitting the bill and you're going to be splitting the mortgage, it depolarizes the relationship. So, you know, it's the attraction is not going to be as much there if the man was able to be the sole provider and the woman be able to be more in her feminine role of being more reliant on the man. So that's just my personal opinion. Again, well, we were watching, well, we were watching this movie called Oh So Darling. Remember? Yeah. And it was like a great movie and it, it clearly defined like masculine and femininity that when we were watching it, we're like, whoa, like this is a great movie. Like this is amazing. <laughs> the men went to work. The girls were wearing like super cute, like nice um, sundresses. And then they would like cook and they would clean and they would take care of the kids. And then the man would come home. He would have dinner ready. You know, he would, she would have a drink in her hand. And we're just like, wow, like this is amazing. But then if you see the movie, there's like a whole twist behind it. I, I can't really explain it. It's kind of, you have to watch it, but it showed how in the real world, in the reality, because this was kind of like a virtual world, it showed that in reality, she was actually working 10 hours. She, she was the breadwinner. She was the breadwinner. She was working 10 hours a day at a hospital. By the time she would come home, she was overworked. She was tired. She didn't want to look at her husband. She didn't want to be touched by her husband and all that stuff. And that's how it is in today's society. And he felt demasculated. So if you guys watch that movie, you're going to have a clear understanding to what I'm talking about. But it made a lot of sense to us and what he's saying right now about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, yeah, I mean, so that's that's the second one providing. The next one is protecting. So uh, really, I think as a man, you got to keep yourself in shape. You got to be able to uh, be aware of your surroundings. You have to... Um, Ideally, at a restaurant, sit towards the door, facing the door, to kind of see what threats may or may not be coming outside the door. Um, you know, if you live in a state where you can conceal carry, uh, no, no issue with that. Uh, I do. You know, it's it's. I think that whatever you can do as a man to know that it's a pretty messed up world out there, and that you are responsible when you leave your home with your wife or with your girlfriend that you are going to be looking out for her. You're going to be protecting her. And that's not just physically, that also means emotionally. You know, if somebody's talking shit to your wife or to your to your girlfriend, you're the one that has to step up and say something. So um, that's the next one. The next one is uh, being a gentleman. So I believe that part of being masculine, being a man, is opening up the car door. I believe that it is opening up the door to whatever restaurant you're going to. Uh, I believe it's, you know, just doing everything you can to, you know, buy flowers, uh, not that I buy flowers every day, but you know I go out of my way sometimes to do it. I I try to I pull out the chair when we go to dinner, mm -hmm. and then scoot it in for you. Uh, I grab your hand anytime you have to get up, so you that it's easier on, for you to get up. You walk on the dangerous side of the sidewalk. I walk on the dangerous side <laughs> of the sidewalk. I uh, don't let you walk outside at night. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's smart, and so I I take the dog out at night, and so that's part of being a gentleman. Uh, next one is uh, being honest, 100% authentic, and not apologizing for it. So this is one that takes definitely more guts and one that has proven for me to be one of the most valuable for being a man. If you want real, genuine honesty from your woman, you have to learn with being 100% genuine and honest with her. And so for me, when it comes to being honest, you know, it's it's telling her the things that you would never have told anybody. Ange knows things about me that I'm not proud of. She knows the things about my past that I would never want to relive. But uh, and, and and even even those moments when I know what I'm going to say is about to cause a fight because I'll stop myself and then she'll be like, "No, what were you going to say? What were you going to say?" <laughs> oh my god! And then when he says it, and I'm like, "Listen, I don't want to say this, but since you're kind of pulling it out of me, here's the real deal." 
and it hurts. It and, does. And but I'm a hundred percent real with her, and that you know, some people, a lot of people don't like Trump, but everyone can agree that the one thing that Trump does have is you know what you're going to get with him. And I'm very much the same way in that I'm going to. There's no filter. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. I'm not going to sit here with resentment, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to be honest with you, regardless if it hurts your feelings, regardless if. I know it's going to cause a fight. I'm just 100% authentic. Next one is uh, setting standards, and I like to call it laying down a law. Mm-hmm. So like we talked about in the other podcast, yeah, she's not going to have guy friends, just not going to happen, not for me, you know, dad and two brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, really just setting standards uh, that she's not going to walk all over me. You know, I, if she starts to get disrespectful with me, I call her out on it. I'll tell her, hey, I don't like your tone right now. I don't appreciate it. And, you know, we're pretty good now. I feel like we, uh, that'll happen and we like, like to laugh it off now. Well, every time he says something mean to me, I go like, wow, you're a meanie, you know? (laughs) And it's so funny because, and this is, (laughs) you see, he's even laughing now, but it's something to break the ice, you know? It's not being like, whoa, you're being so rude right now because then he would act in a disrespectful way back. But if I say like, wow, you're such a meanie right now, he just smiles and looks at me and he goes, wow, like you're so cute. Like, I'm so sorry, you know? Yeah, and then <laughs> and then uh, the one I do with you is like, uh, you'll say something with a little bit of attitude and I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna start the attitude then. <laughs> 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 and yeah, but, but, but that's fine, you know? It's like you can figure out a way to call your, your counterpart out on stuff without making it a big deal, but mm-hmm. just letting, checking them, letting yeah. them know, listen, I don't appreciate it, you know, and and you can save those ones for more serious conversations when they are more serious, but just little things here and there. Don't let them build up. Just be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next one is called controlling the frame. So controlling the frame is important. If you are right about something and if it's a big deal, then you should absolutely hold your ground to the death because you do not want to... um, Stand for something and then not stand for it because it's going to make the woman disrespect you, even if you think that's what she wants in the moment. So there are times where the bigger deals, where you and I fight, and I end up holding my ground. I like to say ground. heated discussions. Okay. But I end up holding my ground and we separate, we take a time out, and then I'll let you come to me when I know I'm right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's not very often. That might be, maybe I can count on one hand. I'm <laughs> but... Nonetheless, when it's really important, I do not. Yeah. Uh, I do not back down. I'm I'm respectful as I can be, and uh, if it gets heated and we take a timeout, I will let you come to me and I will wait for an apology. Listen, at and, the end of the day, it makes like I hate it at the moment. You know, the fact that he's not backing down, he's not agreeing with me, and it's just like, well, why can't you agree with me? And everything will be fine. But he stands his ground and he goes and he he goes on his merry way, just. Goes and watches TV and all that stuff. And then I'm there thinking about it. And then I come to terms with myself. And then I come and I apologize. And he's always there with open arms because he finally knows that I realize that I was in the wrong. And I respect yeah. him more. Like I build more respect when he does that. And now as I go down the list further, there's one that talks about the the counter for her because there's a lot of times where I'm wrong. So I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, the next one is uh, recognizing tests and passing them. So my favorite one is from a book called The Way of the Superior Man. And I've talked with a lot of my buddies about this one because it's a great story that I think anyone can appreciate. So there's this story about this guy who his whole life he wanted to make a million dollars. And so 
every single day he'd been working at this for years and he kept telling his wife, I want to make this million dollars when I want to close this million dollar deal. I know I can do it. And it was for years and years and years. And she knew how bad he wanted it. So finally, one day he closed the million dollar deal and he's on his way home. He's so excited to tell his wife. He knows that she's just going to be so freaking happy for him. So she, you know, he gets home. He goes, babe, babe. I did it. I closed the million dollar deal. And she's like, yeah, that's great. Did you pick up the milk on the way home? (laughs) And he's like, what? I just closed the million dollar deal. Are you kidding me? Like, what do you mean? Did I forget the milk? Like, are you, did I, you not just hear me? I closed a mil. You're doing it all wrong. That's nine out of 10 guys right there is they're going to act that way. Get super defensive. They're going to, uh, you know, get very upset and they are failing the test that the woman is doing and she doesn't even realize she's doing it. So what the book teaches you is that women put men through tests in order to test your strength. So what that means is a man needs to be able to control the frame going back to the last one where if I'm in a good mood, I'm not going to allow anybody to affect my mood, mm-hmm. even my wife. Mm-hmm. So I come home in a good mood and this is the way to do it. I come in home in a good mood and I say, babe, I closed the million dollar deal. And you're like, that's great. Did you, did you get the milk on the way home? And then what you would do, what a, what a real man would do, is you grab your wife, you kiss her, you throw your arms around her and you say, babe, I totally forgot the milk, <laughs> but I closed that million dollar deal. <laughs> and you do not even let it phase you. And what the woman realizes is that she will go, oh my God, he doesn't need my validation. He doesn't care about Or that. he's not easily influenced. He's not influenced by me. So he's strong. He mm-hmm. can, If he can stand up to me, he can stand up to anybody. Mm-hmm. And then she will show him way more love and be way more attracted to him. So it's a very simple example, but women do these tests. I've heard of them called uh, shit tests before. Uh, and there's, there's these tests, like there's different books that talk about them, but, uh, typically women will do this more in the beginning of a relationship. And that's actually not true. They'll continue to do it unless you pass her test continuously. So, and very rarely tests me these days because I usually pass the test. (laughs) So what happens is as you pass the test more, because they come out in all these little ways, that's just one example. But the more you pass these tests, the less they test you because the more they trust you and the more they know that you're going to pass, so why even do it? Mm-hmm. They don't even realize they're doing it. But once in a while, she'll throw a test at me and then I, I just slam that test down. <laughs> but that's the point is that women test you. You need to know how to pass their tests. If you do not know how to pass their tests, then you need to read some books and figure it out. Next one is not seeking validation only from God. So it's the same thing. You cannot go seeking your woman's validation as a man. You need to get in touch with God. You need to learn how to build a relationship with God so that you get your validation from God and no Amen. one else. Next one is, um, I believe, again, this is all just my perspective, being romantic, going out of your way to make your woman feel special. So ultimately, if you want to keep that spark alive in your relationship, you want to keep things you know, hot and heavy, you, know, you should go out of your way to Spicy. just randomly buy her flowers, just randomly do something like... Sometimes I'll just randomly write her a really nice note in the morning, you know, just didn't give it to her, you know, I, I, with her coffee, you know, mm-hmm. make her coffee. Um, I like making her coffee in the morning, not because, you know, because I enjoy making her coffee, but I love the way she smiles and how grateful she is when I give her her coffee in the morning and I give her a kiss on her forehead and say all the nice things. <laughs> but, you know, going out of your way to make her feel special and being romantic. 
Next one is being decisive and making decisions. As a man, I also believe that we are the final decision makers in most situations about most things. I do take into account your opinion, mm -hmm. and a lot of times you get your way. But at the end of the day, it is my decision. And I try, and when I say that, uh, another one that I think that one of your books talks about is if you ask me, uh, she puts on uh, a dress, and she goes, do you like these heels better or these heels? The wrong answer as a man is, I don't know, whichever one you like better. Mm -hmm. That's the wrong answer because you're showing her that you're weak, you can't make decisions, and she can't count on you in her time of need. So you need to sit there, look, and you go, I like that one better. doesn't even matter if you do or not, but you just have to make the decision because you are a man and you need to make decisions. That's why I always value your opinion too, and I always ask him. When I'm uncertain of something, I go to Mike, and it's like I know Mike will give me an answer. So it's like I respect your opinion, and you give me an honest opinion. And most of the times, like you have, you have great sense of fashion style. So, <laughs> <laughs> listen, most men do because we know what we want to see. Exactly, like we know what gets us going, so we know, oh, that looks better with that. Like yeah. I think that looks hot. And know? it's like, how do you know if you're in? Like, how do you know if you're in your femininity without knowing what a man says about femininity? Like that's the only way to find out, and vice versa. It's like, how do you know that you're in your masculinity without a woman? you know, saying all these things about your energy. Yeah, I agree. Like the insights between causes you to know what it is more. I agree. Next one is being humble. Uh, so not being full of pride, uh, not defensive to criticism and willing to learn. So humility is all, I think, wrapped up in what I just said, the not being defensive, willing to learn. And humility is so important in being a man because you do not know what you don't know. And when you spend a lot of time with a woman, you realize you really don't know a lot. And even if you think you know a lot logically, I can guarantee you, you do not know a lot emotionally. So I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly listening. And I'm. it's too bad because, you know, there's a good saying that says the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm -hmm. You could be a man that really has all the best intentions in the world. And I, and I do. And I still find myself in trouble mm -hmm. because I didn't, I'm not wise enough to know everything. Uh, but the way I get wiser is by having good, deep, long conversations with you about things and understanding your perspective so that I can implement changes in myself in order to continue to make sure that, you know, certain things don't happen again that are within my control. Mm -hmm. So having to be humble, not being prideful, and also humility means accepting when you're wrong right being being able to apologize like i am i am so willing to apologize it's not even funny because usually if there's if there's something wrong uh and even if where there was a fight maybe i didn't start it we talked about this on the other podcast i usually have to at least clean up my side of the street mm -hmm. um the last couple i do want to hit on but what do you what do you think about uh humility uh before i continue to my last three about just being open minded and willing to learn being open-minded and willing to learn. Well, I feel like Mike was much better at that in the beginning. And I actually admired that about Mike. And now I feel like it's more than just saying you're sorry. And it's more than just saying like, yeah, 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 I'll change it. It's actually about changing it. And I'm telling you right now, like with Mike, it's like he tells me something and he tells me something that he doesn't like and he will never have to tell me that again. Is that true? No, it is. I mean, I will say that you've gotten a lot better at apologizing, mm -hmm. but you were always good at in, uh, implementing change. Yeah. So you might not apologize, but 
your actions would change. And I mean, if you were to give me one or the other, I would definitely say I would rather not have a sorry, but have a change in your behavior than the opposite. But now I get both. Yeah. (laughs) Even better. I don't know. It's just there's something in me. And I guess like, and I will say tapping, going to church and getting, having a relationship with God, mm-hmm. you know, and you have these certain principles that you want to follow that God has given you and you read the Bible and it's just like, Hey, I'm, I'm literally laying down the law of how to live a great life. And it talks about forgive easy, you know, forgive others easily and just don't have, don't carry around that resentment and anger the whole day. And I remember the other day, I don't know what it was about, like, but you said something to me that I didn't like. And I went to the gym, I went to, I went to Pilates and then I was still in like a pissy mood. You were in okay mood. And I was there and I was in bed and I was just, just rethinking everything and overthinking, whatever, whatever. But I was like living with this resentment. And then I was like, what am I doing? Like, I have a great relationship with God. I read the Bible. I do all these things. Like God literally told me, like forgive easy, apologize and just go back to being happy. You know, life's too short for even a minute Mm -hmm. to be unhappy. So what did I do? I walked into the office room and I'm like, hi, you know, (laughs) I'm like, hi. Hi. And he's like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, I'm sorry. And he like came to me and he's like, come here, open arms, come sit on my lap. And we hugged and kissed. And I was like, my soul felt so much better. And I'm like, I can't believe I wasted like three hours of my life, you know, not being in a good mood. Like energy is off in the house. And I was just like, I should have done this three hours ago. So now, and of course it's easier said than done because sometimes you just want to stay in that bad mood, but then have that little push where it's just like, I'd rather be in a loving mood with you than be in a bad mood, even for like a second. So love that. Yeah. Next one, almost done. We can move on to femininity. He has a long list and yeah, I'm just like, I have like a but definition. These, but these are important. Yeah. You know? So the next one is being loyal. Um, listen, you know, it's very, very difficult to be loyal. I will say that. And the only way you can, I believe, is with God. Mm-hmm. Because being loyal as a man, it goes against everything in how we're wired as men. Uh, men, the way we were designed were was to... Uh, impre- Hunters and prey. Pre- impregnate as many women as we possibly could. So, and this is, you know, going back thousands of years, this was the idea that the alpha male got to sleep with all the women because the women wanted to be with the strongest one that could protect them and had the best chance of making their children survive. So men are wired in a way to sleep with multiple women and they're not wired to be monogamous. Whereas women more so are, they choose one mate and as long as they feel safe and protected and provided for, they're going to stay with that one man. So men, you know, part of being a man, I feel like in today's society is being loyal because being loyal is hard. And that's, again, it's not easy being a man. Yeah, and that's, it's, so, so I feel like being loyal is, is important because if you're not loyal, you're a little boy. You're not a man. You're not, ask, you're not acting masculine. It's way more masculine for, for me to meet a guy that if I had a buddy that's been married for, you know, a decade or, you know, been with, with their wife for 20 years or whatever and never cheated on them. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, that is impressive. That's and like that, a true challenge. That Then that's a man. Like yeah. you, you sacrificed in order uh, to have a family yeah. and, and to do the right thing and to live with good character and morals and values and, 
And I think that that is a man is way harder than being, uh, you know, uh, from one girl to the next and cheating. So the last couple uh, is living with purpose. So as a man, to be masculine, to be manly, I feel like you need to find your purpose. And, you know, you need something to wake up for. You need a purpose. Um, My purpose is helping millions of patients across the country with my businesses, uh, leading the teams that I have, helping grow and inspire the people that work for me, and ultimately trying to do some positive in, 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 uh, in the world, some positive, make some positive change in the world. That's my purpose. And my purpose typically comes first. Mm-hmm. And I learned that from Grant Cardone. You know, Grant Cardone is a, a, a well-known like public speaker. Real estate. Real estate mogul. He lives in Miami. Yeah, he lives down the street. Yeah. And he uh, talks about how by putting his purpose and his dreams first, that's what's ultimately allowed for his family to be provided for, be protected, you know, get everything they want is that he puts the purpose first. Mm-hmm. And I, I do all the time. At the end of the day, I probably give Ange about three hours at night of dedicated me and her time. Mm-hmm. And then I give her a day and a half over the weekend because I usually work from about 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday. And then I work from... Uh, well, I wake up at 545. I do all my, you know, mm-hmm. my gym and, and meditating and praying and Bible and all that stuff until like, you know, 830 shower as fast as I can. And then I'm working from nine until typically seven or eight o'clock. And then I give you from seven or eight until about 1030, 11. Yeah. But like I sometimes I get jolly Mike, but a lot of times I get stressed and short end of the stick Mike. Short, yeah, but dating someone that is very purpose driven is, I guess, it's not for the weak, you know. No, like you, ha- I have not made it easy. Yeah, as a woman though, you cannot stand in a way of the man's purpose because I'm telling you right now, if I would stand in the way of Mike's purpose, he would grow resentment, and we probably wouldn't be together if I was nagging him all the time. Like I know some girls where it's like. My man is at work all day and he doesn't have enough time for me and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, but he's providing for you. He's doing his best trying to provide for you. And it's like, would you rather, you know, date a busy man or babysit a broke one? You know? That's good. Yeah. I've never heard that before. That's a good one. But it's like, I wake up and I wake up most days without Mike beside me. You know, I get confused. He's like gone at 545. You know, I make him breakfast I, I take care of him. He sometimes has a great day at work, so he doesn't have the stress. But a lot of the times he comes with stress. And that's me being like, okay, well, I'm not going to get pissed off at him. Maybe he's going to give me some attitude. But I know he had a stressful day. So I'm going to try to turn his day around. So it's not for the week. And if your love language is quality time like it is mine, there is a lot of sacrifices that have to be made for a guy that's very purpose driven because it has nothing to do with you. It just has everything to do with a man's purpose in life. And that's definitely a big masculine trait that a lot of women have to understand because I feel like it's God first and then the purpose and then you and the family. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because everything has to align in that order in order for it to work. You cannot be first. You can't be on top of God and you can't be on top of his purpose. You cannot, you don't want to be because everything else will crumble after that. And I had to realize that because I wanted to be the priority. I wanted to be first, but then 
you don't want that because then you're going to see the man lazy and you're going to, you know, it's emasculating. It's not polarity if the guy's sitting on the couch all day playing video games, but he's spending time with you. It's like, that's not sexy. I find it sexy when Mike is in his purpose, when he's there, you know, leading his team and talking to patients and doctors and doing all of that. And I love how he puts God first because I'm telling you right now, he puts God first. He has a different heart. He puts his purpose first. He's a provider. And then he comes to me and I just get the best version of him from doing that. So I would trade in a man that's purpose. No, I wouldn't trade in. <laughs> I would trade in a guy. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, how am I supposed to wear Don't this? I would in. never, I would never trade a man with purpose over a lazy guy that loves to spend day and night with me. That's what I meant. Love it. Last one on my list, and this is the most important, is God. Mm-hmm. So in order to be this man, going through everything that I said, a good provider, a good protector, being a gentleman, being honest, laying down the law, setting mm-hmm. standards, controlling the frame, recognizing tests and passing, not seeking validation, doing all this stuff, being humble, being loyal, living with purpose, you need God. Like there's no other way. I've done it with him and I've done it without him. Mm-hmm. And it is a thousand times easier with him because mm-hmm. naturally by praying, reading the Bible, uh, building a relationship, meditating, talking about him, by building that relationship, all of these qualities and traits that I just mentioned almost come naturally. naturally. And being loyal becomes way easier. Being humble comes way easier. Being more open-minded to listen and, and accept constructive criticism and, and, and feedback on what I can do to improve uh, is important because there's plenty of times where I have to swallow my pride and I have to be put aside being prideful. I have to put aside being right and I have to do the right thing because there's a huge difference between being right and being happy. Mm-hmm. So... God is what has helped me tremendously become a better man. He has helped me uh, be a better uh, fiance, leader, you know, better leader for my company, uh, a more well-rounded individual, a better son, a better everything. And so all glory to him. Uh, and it's because of him that we are doing so well and that uh, we know each other on such a deeper level and and he's changed me in ways that I'm just forever will forever be grateful for I can get emotional talking about him to be honest oh yeah you know, I feel like he's going to have his own episode on this because <laughs> yeah. he definitely and a lot of people have asked like, oh, how do you keep God at the center of your life and how has he changed your relationship? It's like tremendously. It's like Mike and I thought we knew each other and it was very surfacy until we put God in our lives. And now it was just a whole new deeper level. And the advice that we give to each other is more wholesome. The people that we keep around are more wholesome. The faith that we have is like so different. The music we listen to. The music we listen to. The shows we watch. Everything has become more wholesome, more beautiful. Just it's like a, a, it's a complete change of heart and it's more freeing. It's definitely more freeing. It's like all the anxiety, all the depression, everything that you're ever feeling is just like, you can't carry the weight on your shoulder and you're going to keep dragging it around like dead weight. And I, and that's what happened to me. I dragged it around like dead weight and it, and it, 
you know, it dimmed my light. It dimmed my feminine side of me. Right. So, and that's what made me also adopt more masculine traits to protect myself. But since I've been on this spiritual journey and going to church, it's just like I give it all to God. And I feel like my heart is finally like healing from all the past traumas because I don't have to do it on my own. It's like there's someone that's a higher power and it's him that does it for me. And it just it just makes it so much easier. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So we spent 40 minutes on masculinity. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So let's switch over to femininity. <laughs> this is going to be no, a you know long what? episode. Honestly, but uh, we we see the messages. There's girls that share this with their boyfriend. They almost all hate me. I, I already was getting crap from one of my buddies last night. You know, it's just, it's it's funny. But uh, I'm not trying to upset any, any men, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, hey, you know, it's not my fault. I'm just telling you my beliefs and what I feel and... Uh, you know, I'm not right. You know, I'm, I still make plenty of mistakes. I'm still wrong a lot of times. I'm still, there are times where I'm not the most masculine man I could be. I still make plenty of mistakes. But uh, that's just what I believe in my core, uh, what makes a man. So, mm-hmm. but I think it's good for the girls to hear because I think it also gives them, if they are single, it gives them um, the guidance, the guidance to know what to look for yeah. and kind of what expectations they should have of a man. Yeah. Because we're out there. We're definitely out there. And and if you act like the feminine counterpart to that and what Ange is about to talk about, then you will meet a man like that. Mm-hmm. Are, are they around everywhere? No. You might have to do some shaping and, and some helping to get the man there. Probably. I did. I needed a lot of help. Yeah. So Ange made me a man by being with her. And it took really a couple of years of us trying and, and doing this to be at the point where I am now where I really feel comfortable and confident that this mic isn't going anywhere. This version of him is only going to get better. We love that. And it literally, I feel like when you're in like a marriage or engagement or in a relationship, that's when you test your womanhood and you test your manhood. And marriage, I feel, is a completion of both because it's easy to be single. It's super easy to be on to the next one, on to the next one. Oh, let me show you the best version of me. And then when things start getting crappy or the honeymoon phase is over, I'm going to just go to, to another girl. It takes a real woman and it takes a real man to, you know, to just be together and learn about each other and grow and forever just love each other. And I feel like that's the ultimate challenge. I feel like that's the completion of both manhood and womanhood. And Mike has like this smile on his face. Yeah. I just want to hear all the feminine things. Okay. Well, the easiest way to put it is everything that Mike described, feminine women are the complete opposite. (laughs) So leave those traits that he just listed and leave it up to the man. You are the complete opposite. So on my last podcast, I talked about the definition that you find on Google and the definition of find on Google. I have it written down here of femininity is qualities or attributes regarded as characteristic of woman. Isn't that such an amazing definition? Like, doesn't that describe it perfectly? Yeah. Well, I have no more questions. We can stop the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's like, I think that's very vague and I feel like it's very disrespectful, you know, because we shoot the shit and we talk about femininity. And then for the people who search it up on Google, it's like, what is femininity? And then that definition comes up and it's like, well, what the hell is this? This is nothing, you know? 
So I would say the real definition, and I feel like the best way to describe femininity and feminine energy is basically all of the nurturing traits it takes to connect to human beings in a meaningful and fulfilling way. It's like, it's the compassionate, kind, empathetic, patient, emotional, and it's just embracing your intuition and creativity. And I feel like feminine energy is just fluid and it's free. It's about being able to receive. It's your radiance, your warm, your empathy, your gentleness, like your ladylike mannerism. And I feel like all those qualities that we dim and that we think as weak is something to be embraced and honored because these qualities that I just listed is what's going to bring out all the masculine qualities that Mike has listed. And I'm telling you right now, a man's role, he has a lot of roles. He has to check a lot of boxes because if he checks all the boxes, this side of a woman is just easy, free, fluid, and just receiving everything that a man gives her. And that's like the beautiful thing. I feel like women, they feel like they always have to give and give and give and they have to list everything, be the leader, you know, be the decision maker, whatever else you listed. And then it takes away from all this other feminine qualities that she needs to have, but it takes the right man to bring it out. It takes the right man to let her be free, to be submissive, because he needs to be the true spiritual leader. You need to be with a guy that you actually trust because none of these qualities will come out if you don't trust the man. I can't say you have to be submissive or you have to be all these things to a man you just met. He has to earn it. He has to show you all these characteristics that man has listed for masculine qualities in order for you to bring this side out of you. Yeah, I agree, but I also think that just because you're going to wait to show certain things and to have your wall up, which is perfectly normal in the beginning, it's somewhat. I say keep your boundaries high, but your heart soft. Mm. That's what I say. Because if you are going to overcompensate for a man, yeah, it's good. If If you overcompensate for a man, you know, if he doesn't take the leadership role, so then you decide to take the leadership role, you're never going to find his leadership. You're going to emasculate him. And then you're going to be like, well, why doesn't he take the leadership role? It's like, well, you never gave him a chance and you took it. So when you say giving him a chance, I mean like explain. Uh, so in a situation, let's say uh, you were asking me which shoes I like better. Mm-hmm. So let's just keep it real simple. Okay. Well, I feel like the number way to disrespect a man is not taking his advice. If you're going to ask a man for his advice, you take it, even though you completely disagree with it. The fact that you asked for it is you take it. And I always take Mike's advice and I feel like it makes him feel powerful because, and just having the authority because I came to him, even like, even the whole pair of heels things that you just said it's like in the one part of me is like okay i know what heels i want to wear i'm just not sure and i do like these other ones so i'm just gonna ask mike and i hope he picks these ones but then he says no i like the other ones it's like if i go pick the ones that i really want he'd be like well why did you even ask me and then in his subconscious mind is like well my opinion doesn't matter she doesn't respect me clearly exactly so eve i always choose the ones he picked out because it's out of respect. And I asked for his opinion. I want to hear more feminine traits. So you said kind. You said what else? I said um, it's the compassionate, 
kind, empathetic, patient, and emotional side of a woman. It's her creativeness. It's her intuition. It's being able to receive. It's her radiance. It's her warmth. It's her empathy. It's her gentleness. Can you give me examples of all of them? It's, and I would say femininity and feminine energy are, they're the same, same and different. Femininity is how you are to the outside world. It's your appearance. It's how you talk to your man. It's how you talk to your kids. It's about how you talk to your worker, um, coworkers or anybody around you. Feminine energy is what is happening on the inside. It's your inner, I would say it's your inner beauty. It's your inner happiness. And I'm telling you for a big part of my life, or sorry, actually the journey ever since I started my femininity journey, I was always a, I was always doing femininity. I was always my appearance, the way that I would talk to you. But I'm telling you right now, I didn't find my true feminine energy until we started going to church. Mm. And I started gaining this like inner peace with myself. And I feel like it always starts inside. My, your energy is just different. You have the sparkle in your eye. It comes out. You're more, you're glowing. You're more useful that way. So what are the things like practically that these women can do to feel more feminine on a day-to-day basis? Well, are you talking about like outside or inside? Everything. So I, I'm, a, I'm a woman. I'm new to femininity and I don't even know where to start. So just tell me if you were to give me a playbook. I'm waking up today. What am I going to do today to make myself feel more feminine? Okay, well, you're going to start off by, this is my routine. Well, not my routine. I There's some things that I would like to add to my routine, but I would say feminine women are not in a rush. They are free. They were free flowing. They In their world, it's like they're punctual, but it's like, I'll be there when I get there. I'm going to do everything first. You shower, you wake up, you make sure you're well-groomed, you make sure your nails are done, your your hair is done you read a book, you know, you have, I would say you get your morning coffee, you make sure you look good, you put yourself together. With me, the heart, my goal is, is I would say getting ready every single day. I feel like when you're in a relationship, it's easy to get comfortable. And when you're in the house chilling, it's easy to be in your comfy lows and get comfortable as well. So my goal is to, you know, put on makeup, even if I don't want to put on makeup, you know, dress up, even if I want to stay comfy. And I know Mike really appreciates that too, because if I'm wearing baggy clothes around the house, there's no difference between masculine and feminine body, you know, like the physical appearance is Mike likes to see my legs. Mike likes to see my curves. He likes to just see a woman around the house. And if I'm wearing baggy clothes, he just sees basically nothing like See a blob, but there's, there's times where uh, I get it. Like I'm not, I'm not, it's not like you're walking around the house in heels all day uh, or that you even do this every day. But you know, I asked like, Hey, if you can do it most of the time, I would really appreciate it mm-hmm. because ultimately, yeah, I mean, I would like to be turned on and I'd like to be attracted when I see you. And that involves when you do your hair, you do your makeup, you have heels, um, you, you have your nails done, you know, you're wearing form fitting clothing, like all that stuff for me makes me more attracted. Mm -hmm. And I would have to assume you doing all that stuff makes you feel more feminine Mm -hmm. because you're, you're obviously getting this polarized, more masculine testosterone field energy from me, which probably then makes you feel even more feminine. Yeah, like when I, there's a difference. Like when I wear my baggy clothes, Mike treats me like a bro. Still gives me kisses, but treats me more like a homie. But then when I'm wearing like my cute 
little like outfits or whatever mike is like oh my god like come here like he's obsessed with me and i'm like get off of me like you're too much right now. i need to leave the house i need to go for a walk watch out <laughs> but it's also like i feel like being a feminine woman is also about being like self-aware of other people i just you know it's about smiling more it's about swearing less it's just being self-aware about like your posture, you know, you don't want to be looking like a croissant or like a banana, you know, when people are walking in. <laughs> What's a croissant look like? You know, it's just the, like a, it's just curved. Well, I know what a banana is. Yeah, but you're just curved. Like I a love croissant. That. When somebody has bad posture, you say they look like a banana. That's yeah. really funny. But it's, and it's a, like how you treat other people. Like, what about a, your tone? It, it's, it's about your gentle tone. Yeah. It's about the languages that you use. Like, downstairs in my valet or downstairs in the lobby like mike and i were such nice people and we treat everybody from the janitors to i would say like owners of anything it's like we treat everybody with respect we talk yeah we talk to them nice we i have like a gentle voice with them i always say please and thank you and they go above and beyond for us like literally above and beyond for us like things that they wouldn't do for anybody else they do for us because we're just good people you know we respect them we get them food like you know we it's just it's just a different type of feeling and i feel like if i came to the building with rude energy and i gave everybody attitude and i felt like it was expected for everybody to respect me because i live in the building it's like nobody would want to do anything for me even when i go to the mall or i go to the cashier and i in a gentle voice i say and i look them in the eyes as well and i'm just like hey how's your day going and blah 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 it's like they go above and beyond for me like mm. they let me slide or they give me a free dessert or something and that just feels better because that's like the fruitful way of life you know because there's times where i leave the house and i'm very just i'm stressed out i'm tired i'm in a very negative mood and i guess i would just look more masculine i'm not smiling at anyone i'm walking across not saying hi and then i go anywhere and i'm just like rude it's like people treat me rude you know and i feel that i'm very self-aware and i'm just like whoa 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 like i need to stop because I understand that when I'm in my feminine energy and I'm nice and I'm compassionate and I look people in the eyes and I smile and I giggle and I make jokes and I'm friendly, people do things for me. And it's not just that. It's like it makes their day as well, mm-hmm. you know? And Men love a feminine, very nice woman that's well put together. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. You, you can light up the whole room as a woman. And if you... Uh, you take that time. So, mm-hmm. so practically speaking, you can wake up early to give yourself enough time in the morning so you're not rushing. Mm-hmm. You can get fully done up. Mm-hmm. So, nice clothes, you know, heels, uh, makeup, hair done, heels, wedges, cute pair of sandals. You know, obviously right. just, because we're just, in Miami. Right. Just but put just together. like, and then but, and then reading the Bible, you said softens your heart. Well, I journal a lot. The Bible journaling and journaling. I journal. I basically have a diary towards God where I start with, dear God, my heavenly father. <laughs> and Love I just, yeah. And I just go on and I vent and I complain and then I stop venting and complaining. And then I, and I'm just thankful and gratitude and all that stuff. And it's just like a change of heart. And I also do my prayer. And 
Um, sometimes I would do meditation. I really get to, I really need to get the hang of meditation because it always gives me a headache, but I feel it's because I'm thinking more with my head rather than my body. So I have to really work on that. But I feel like when I journal and I pray and I read the Bible, I see the world in a different way. What about uh, Pilates? Do you think that makes you feel more feminine when you're done? Oh my God. Yes. Pilates. So it's the type of workouts you do too. Yeah. And it's also the music you listen to. Pilates has changed my life. Like literally I rave about it. I did Barry's boot camp. I did F45. I did my own stuff at the gym and I realized that like nothing has changed my body. Like Pilates has changed my body. And I love how it's all just like resistance training and you just use the reformer. I think that's obviously, of course, super feminine and just how it tones my body and how it just makes everything tight is also very feminine. I don't want to be so bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it's also the type of li- music I listen to too. It's I listen to more just worship music, more uplifting music. I go, to, I'm on my way to Pilates and I'm just like praising God rather than listening to all this like demeaning, rude stuff about women about mm-hmm. like oh pass these around like hoes and oh yeah like girls are this she gives me a bj and i'm just like now i listen to this music and i'm like what the hell is this yeah what so, is this shit so so as a woman a way to feel more masculine is to wake up rushed throw yourself together get in your car listen to hip-hop and rap and go over go to wherever you need to go so as opposed to have not your wake, have not your up. nails done or your hair done right. have messy hair right just wear like again don't I don't do get, your makeup just basically be a dude more or less like let let's be real like let, just just basically don't put any work in and just basically look like a dude well and it's also I also made this post and get in and get in like um you know like that male masculine energy of of having to rush and be somewhere and you know go go take on the world. Like mm-hmm. that's for men to do. I know, will. Like, I would say though, and I made a post about this. I'm like, there's a difference between fashion and there's a difference between like feminine fashion. And I feel like fashion nowadays is you see this kind of like switch where, you know, women are wearing these like baggy blazers or trousers and it. all these like Nike shoes and all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, okay, I get like, is that what they're trying to do? Is like the fashion industry trying to, and then you have males, they're wearing skirts, like Bad Bunny. I think he was like wearing a skirt and Harry Styles was wearing a dress. And well, it's like- they're confusing everybody. Exactly. And it, the younger generation's like looking at this and it's just like, no. And Candace Owens was even talking about it. And it's just like a, a whole switch in society. It's like, leave the dresses and the skirts for women and leave the baggy blazer trousers for men. Like, why are women in suits and our men are in dresses? Like, well, that is yeah. crazy yeah. to me. And I feel like fashion is coming after us. I feel like I feel most feminine is, you know, wearing like a cute little sundress and like wearing some wedges and putting my hair together, wearing like a nice, I want to get like ribbons on my hair. Like, you know, just be like super cute and super girly. Like, you will you will have this radiance about you or I'm telling you, you will walk into a store and everybody would be like, what can I do for this woman? Yeah. Uh, she gets away with murder. I mean, <laughs> everybody stares at her and everybody wants to help her. And I just see the way she lights up everybody that she talks to because she's just wide-eyed, happy, smiling, big, and just so sweet, uses the little baby angel voice with everybody. <laughs> and they just like, 
man, like men, we are just powerless to that. We mm-hmm. want to do, we want to bend over backwards for that. And women appreciate it too. You know what I mean? I mean, it's so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's good. I think the fashion industry is at, you're absolutely right about it. And, you know, the, the reason blazers were created was to make the shoulders more broad. Mm-hmm. In most suit jackets, they put padding in the shoulders to make you look more dominant, more wide uh, sh- with, with wider shoulders. So they put all these women now in these trousers and it's a very earthy look or they have them in the blazers. It's like, well, you're conf- like you're taking away the curves. You're taking away the... Uh, you know what makes you a woman? Mm-hmm. You know, and and couldn't agree more. It's it, for me. I don't know if I speak on behalf of other men. Maybe there's some men out there that like that look, but I think it's extremely uh, uh, unattractive. And I would never look twice at a woman that dressed like that. I was just gonna say that I'm like, you can put, let's say, a very good looking girl in a blazer and a suit, and you can put, let's say. Not, I wouldn't say like a woman that's not as good looking and you can put her in a dress, like a sundress and wedges and they can walk down the street at the same time. I'm telling you the woman in the sundress, even if she doesn't look as sexy, like she doesn't, like her face doesn't look as sexy as, as, sexy as the woman in the suit, she will have more turning She'll heads. She'll get a lot more attention. Exactly. Um, so... I wanted to move on to the whole feminist movement. I feel like that's a big topic to talk about because a lot of people get confused. I was talking to this girl and I was talking about femininity and then she was talking to me about feminism and I'm just like, whoa, like this is, it's not the same. It's completely different. So I also want to talk about the feminist movement and the big lies that have been told and brainwashed into shaping to what we have now as like the woke feminist movement and the modern day feminist movement because how the feminist movement started out was you know it was like and I appreciate it so much I'm not saying that I'm an anti-feminist I guess I'm just saying that I'm just like very pro-traditionalism and I will always appreciate the woman who fought for voting driving you know making more money and doing all of that but I feel like The feminist movement nowadays, and like I said, the woke feminist movement is we have this definition where it's basically men and women are equal, but women are better and men are trash and men are what's wrong with the world. And that's, of course, that's not what feminists originally started out to be. So I want to talk about some of the big lies that us women have been told by the feminist movement and what shaped us into being very confused like we are now in the mix of energy. And I want to get Mike's opinion on this. I had I have this all in my notes and it's just it's very well scripted. So I'm going to read from that. And then I want you to give your input. So my number one, my number one big lie that we have been told as women is having it all. And I wrote, just like men, women are only human. A woman that is mainly, and of course I say mainly, like she puts all her attention, love, devotion, and focus on shaping her brilliant career. And of course there's some exceptions, but if you are super focused on yourself, you have that much less left over to improve your personal relationships, to support your man and your children, of course, if you have any. And the reason why I called this myth having it all is because 
I just want the woman to know out there that you don't need to have it all. You don't need to be this superhuman and that works 10 hour days or has this amazing career and then comes home and needs to focus on her children, her husband and do all these things because I feel like we got pressured into this boss babe culture that in order to be a woman is we have to be a career woman and that's how we get respected by society and that's how we get the love and respect from our you know significant others as well and I'm just saying it's like if you want to work and do your thing now and then of course when you have kids and you want to stay home I just want to let people know that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that I feel like I talk to a lot of women and they're just like yeah I'm just a mom and it's just like what do you mean just a mom and they're not excited about it they don't think it's an honorable status anymore and i'm just like just a mom I'm like you have one of the hardest jobs in the world you know you are raising these kids to be to be out of the streets you're raising these kids to get the love attention they deserve you know so they can grow up and be successful in whatever they do and i'm just like you need to put way more pride into being a mother than being like, well, I'm just a mom, but I think I would feel much better if I had a career or do whatever, like boss babe culture thing. So I just, and I was talking to this one mom and she used to be a real estate agent and she was like really working hard. And she's just like, yeah, I was in a book club and I was like talking to all these women and every single woman like had a career and all that stuff. And I felt bad about myself. So I wanted to go get my real estate license and she went to go get her real estate license. And then I spoke to her like a few months ago and she goes, no, I just decided to stay home with my kids. I feel way more purpose being with them and, you know, taking them to their lessons. And I feel better, you know, when I like being there for my husband when he needs me and all that stuff. And I looked at her and she was kind of like scared to tell me that. And I looked at her and I'm like, you deserve so much respect. Like, I love what you're doing. You're doing amazing. You're doing great. So... I'm just saying that you don't need to have it all in order to be respected in society. If you want to be a career woman, you can be a career woman. I know some people that love to do that. But all I'm saying is that if you don't be scared, if your desire, like it was mine, to stay at home and be with kids. So what are your thoughts on that? Couldn't agree more. (laughs) That's all. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think I think that I was thinking about this yesterday, actually, when we were at uh, Hubble Bubble. Shout the, shout out to Hubble Bubble. Oh my god! Yeah, but, uh, <clears throat> which is a restaurant, by the way. But we were there, and I was just thinking, you know, it's so funny when these guys, people I know, will say, "Oh, whatever, women are this and that," and they're they're not uh, on our level. You know, there's a lot of uh, I've just met a lot of chauvinistic men that are. Um, they just think of women as less than mm-hmm. because they've met a lot of low quality women. And it's probably because they're being low quality men, but that's another topic. <laughs> but uh, they'll say that. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, wow, but you know, every single man, think of the greatest men that have ever lived in this world. You know, the people that have created the most change, the people that have done the most good, they've all come from women. Mm-hmm. They've all were given life because of women. And because somebody raised them and somebody, Mm -hmm. well, at the very least, gave birth to them. And so women have this ability to create life, which there is nothing. Like, as men, we could go be the Jeff Bezos and create a billion-dollar company. 
But Jeff Bezos, as great as he is, will never be able to give life. Mm -hmm. He'll never be able to give birth like a woman can. Mm -hmm. And there's something so special about that. There's something so sacred about that. And there, that is should be respected mm-hmm. and, and, and held in one of the highest regards, uh, at least at the very least equal to people that are really successful in their career. And it should never be looked down on. You know, my, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, I just think not only is it better for polarity and masculinity and femininity, uh, is it probably better for the children? But, you know, it's just such a, it's it's such a role that you know I, I hate that a woman would would have to feel ashamed about saying yeah. oh I'm just a mom. It's like you're you mean you're just shaping this world yeah for the future. You're just influencing your kids to be the best kids they are, so they and, can grow up and have everything they want right, in life. Be there, being there for them and sacrificing your whole life for other people and like your husband and right. all that stuff. It's yeah. like oh, you're just doing that. Like I think that's extremely respectable and and it's certainly something I could never do. It's mm-hmm. not built into me. I I would have no patience for it. I would have no desire to do it. And, um, and I just want to work. I just want to provide. I just want to, uh, you know, compete. And I, 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 that's what I want my day to be filled mm-hmm. with. And if you want your day to be filled with caring and loving and sacrificing and cooking and, and taking care of others and, and, you know, being that, you know, nurturer, then all the power to you because I am not wired that way. Yeah. And if you can do that, then I am a happy, happy man. Yeah. Well, they also say it's like, Women, of course, they can, they have one thing that they, that men can't do. And that's basically, of course, bear child. And they also have this sense of intuition that men don't have as well. Mm. And then it's kind of just like, well, why do you think a woman can handle a room of screaming children and men can't? It's because women are wired that way. Women appreciate it more. Like women love it. So all I'm saying is that, I don't want people to be influenced by the boss babe culture because I think, I think I was, I definitely was. And even being with you, I remember when I did a Q and a like months ago or like in the beginning, beginning of our relationship, I was so hesitant. I did a Q and a and everybody's like, Oh, well, what do you do for a living? And I worked bottle service before, but moving to Miami, I just, I did, I don't work. And Mike is very a spontaneous kind of guy. So I won't be able to work a nine to five job anyways. And Mike doesn't believe in me like having a boss, right? He, yeah. (laughs) So he just, yeah. And I, everybody asked me, oh, what do you do for a living? And I'm just like, you know what? Like I'm a, I'm a stay at home girlfriend and I just do some influencer stuff and all that stuff. And I was so scared to say that. And everybody came after me. Like people came after me. People started calling me unpurposeful. They started saying, oh, you're doing nothing with your life. Yeah. All men came after me. They started calling me like a gold digger. And I was so like, I felt, I felt really bad about myself. I feel like I was being bullied and I was thinking, and I'm just like, well, like, do I go get a job? Like, do I need to go do something? And then I started something. I started going to my events that I was doing Mm -hmm. And I remember I would wake up in the morning. I think I would wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning. I would get Enzo. Um, I would walk Enzo. I would make breakfast for Mike. I would put on my makeup. I would put on a nice, um, nice pair of clothes. And then I would drive 40 minutes to go to this event. And before I was good at that, I would stay. I would have to be there at 9 a.m. And then I would come 
home at like three, four o'clock and I was drained. Not only was Mike stressed out, I was stressed out from what I was doing and I wouldn't cook dinner. I didn't want to do anything. I was, I was always on my phone answering like a ton of messages. I didn't spend time with him and there was, there was a disconnect there and I started doing these events a lot. And I realized like, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I told Mike, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. Like I just, my, my real purpose is like, you know, it's taking care of you. It's taking care of Enzo. It's, you know, making sure the backbone of this house is operating, you know, while you go and do what you need to do. It's like, I want to help you out. And that's just as important. So I was like, screw it. I'm not being forced or bullied by this feminist movement. And this feminist movement apparently is supposed to be empowering women. But I feel like feminist feminists nowadays, it's kind of like, well, if you're not a career woman, I'm not empowering you. I'm actually going to start degrading you. But if you choose the career path and you're in the boss babe culture, then I'm going to lift you up. And it's like, no, I feel like as a woman, if you choose to stay home and it's not like I... I sit at home and I look at the freaking ceiling all day, you know, and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? It's just like, no, I make sure that Mike is good first. I make sure Enzo's good. I make sure everything here is good. And then I go home. I mean, sorry. And I make sure everything is running here smoothly. And then I enjoy my free time, you know, and I feel like there's so much beauty in that. So to end off this one, I feel like both should be equally respected in society. Amen. <laughs> anyway. I was looking around. I started freaking out. I was like, where's Enzo? Uh, why isn't he annoying us the whole time and sneezing and, and you know, barking and clawing at us? And then I just realized he's not here right now. It's Enzo's birthday today. It is. Well, it's Sunday. So February 5th. How, but old, how old is the little man? He's, he just turned two. He's 14. He's a teenager now. Yeah. In dog, in dog years. Okay, so it's so sad. Our little man is the big man. <laughs> well, one more year, he'll be old enough to drive and drink. And drink. Okay, so big lie number two I wrote down here is the belief that men and women are the same. So this belief that men and women are fundamentally the same, I believe, of course, is not true. Men and women are not only biologically and anatomically different, they are also psychologically different as well. And like I said, it's like women, they're just, they're more complex than men. And it's like, I know it, Mike knows it, everybody knows it. And that's why it's so much easier to, for women to learn about men than it is for men to learn about women. I feel like women, they're more just mysterious. They're more changeable, more intuitive, more interested in love and relationships. And I just feel like there's so much beauty to that. And this goes back to biblical, but it's like, there's a reason why God made male and female, and it's because we were designed to do, think, and look different. I feel like us women, we're unique in our own ways, and I just don't think we need to think and do the same thing as men because we're not the same, and personally, I don't want to be. Men thrive on being mission-driven. They are pumped when they are tackling large-scale problems, being heroic, protecting, providing for their family and loved ones. And a woman in her feminine energy thrives on relating connections, compassion, empathy, like I said, radiance and her ability to influence and especially influence men through her inner and outer beauty. And I just feel like women have so much power that we don't need to adopt masculine traits to feel powerful. And there is no superior or inferior in our different qualities and strengths. 
I agree. <laughs> Straight facts. Yeah. I mean, what do you say to facts? Yeah. Amen. So it's basically saying like women, you are superior in your own way and men, you guys are superior in your own way. That's right. So you guys are We're both different. equal, but very, very different. And you guys have different roles and it's totally fine. You guys should embrace each other's roles. Okay. This one is a go on. So big lie number three that us women have been told is men will desire you more because of your accomplishments. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's like, listen, absolutely. I mean, I could care less. Exactly. So it's like, listen, I get it, girl. You worked hard for your position. You make good money. You drive a nice car, but no matter, and I'm here to tell you that no matter how impressive your job is or the things that you have, it does not make you more attractive to a high value man. And I feel like these things, these accomplishments can make you more attractive to a sociopath, the manipulator. Right. But I just don't think an attract like a high value man cares about that he doesn't care about competition i feel like a high value man cares about more about your womanly qualities rather than what you bring financially and a lot of women we lack that and i lacked that i thought i drive a nice car i make my own money i live in a beautiful home and i can i throw that out to a man and he'll be so impressed by it and it's like listen men can be oppressed and they can respect a woman that works hard, but it's the same kind of respect they give another man. And what I have lacked is I would throw out all these accomplishments. It's like, well, why don't you like me? I have all this going for myself, but they saw it as competition. They didn't see it as like, okay, you, you have all these, where are you going? Turn the lights on. Oh yeah. It's getting dark in here. Okay. Yeah. Right. I just stopped randomly. So I just feel like it's like, okay, you're going to throw these accomplishments at me, but what womanly qualities do you have going for yourself? And I just feel like this whole feminist movement is just like somehow this idea prevailed that our professional accomplishments and our increased power in the world will lead to an even greater desirability and it's just like, it didn't. And since we, since we think it does, we tend to, like I said, throw it in a man's face like I did. And we think that a man will be impressed by it, but it doesn't work that way. And like I said, it's like men can appreciate women that are CEOs or they're in the work field, but it's kind of just like the same way they appreciate a man. I missed some of it, but yeah, I'm sorry. I was trying to get the camera going and the card's full, so no more no more video for the rest of this, just so you know. Really? Yeah, it's it's full. Oh damn. Can't you just delete the other videos? Yeah, yeah, but I mean it's gonna take a while, so Okay. I think we're almost done, right? Okay, well I just wanna go through these big lies. No, of course. Okay. No, it's all good. It's just a it's a longer podcast for everybody today. So yeah. strap in and enjoy. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said. That's what happens when you are learning a lot. It's, you know, so I'm going to read the rest of the script that I have here, but I said, um, high value men don't want to keep for, don't want to compete for their leadership role with a woman. It emasculates them. It also makes you seem very independent to the point where you make them feel not needed in your life. Mm, And 
I feel like it's if a man doesn't feel needed in your life, the hard truth is is that he will go find somebody else that does need him. Yep. And to make him feel more of a man. And the modern day feminist movement or like the woke feminist movement caused this way of thinking. And what they fail to address and understand is that what men truly appreciate and cherish about a woman is her womanly qualities. It's her inspiration. It's her love. It's her relatedness. It's her spirituality. And I feel like this is why when I had my masculine mentality, I would always kind of like look at obviously like the news and the gossip. And I would always see this like women that are super pretty and very career driven that seem to like quote unquote have it all get cheated on by average woman. And I'd be like, what the hell? Like what happened? Like why? Like this girl has everything going for her. But now since I'm in a different mentality where it's just like, well, the man probably feels like he's not needed there. The man probably feels mm-hmm. like she's misindependent and she can do everything herself. And she probably tries to wear the, uh, the pants in the relationship. Well, then he goes and cheats and goes find somebody that loves him, appreciates him, that makes him feel like this hero. For sure. We want to feel like we saved you. We want to feel like you're heroes. We want to feel like we're the, like you, you couldn't be where you are without us, you know, and, and regardless mm-hmm. if that's true or not, that's how we want to feel Yeah, because it empowers us and it makes us feel more manly. And if we don't feel empowered and we don't feel manly, we're going to go find it with a woman that does make us feel that way. Yeah. And it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. It's, it's a very hard pill to swallow, but it's like, there's so much more than just your outer beauty, how much money you make in your job title that makes a man attracted to you. And I just feel like the modern day woman is very shocked and disappointed that her heart or accomplishments is not the key to a man's heart. And the women who follow this modern day feminist movement, like myself did, I didn't anticipate that being overly educated, of course, to the point where you always want to outsmart the man will only harm your abilities to relate to them. And like I said, and like you said, it's like men need to feel like they're the smartest ones, you know, that you can learn from them and it feeds their ego. And I'm not saying like, oh, you have to play dumb. But what I'm saying is like when it comes to subjects, the man is passionate about just sit back and listen like his business sports and just like manly things in general like just sit back listens even if you know all the answers even though if you're watching a basketball game and you know everything that's going on but you know he's super passionate about the basketball game and you can just ask like who's this player oh what are they doing and he's teaching you he feels so much better and when he's talking about his business like don't try to outsmart him oh no you should be doing this and you should be doing that it's like sit back relax ask questions pick his brain like you know like really get into deep conversations. And I'm telling you, it really works. And if a man feels very manly in your presence, guess what? He's always going to want to be around you because he's like, wow, I feel like a boss. I feel like a king when I'm around her. How do I get more of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we uh, guys are simple. You know, we want to be validated. We mm-hmm. want to be validated. Uh, we want to feel, we want our egos to be stroked. We want... To feel like the hero and so you're right if i start talking about the business and you start like throwing advice at me it, it, it i always take it the wrong way because it's like don't tell me how to run my well, business i like know you, what i'm doing yeah i mean it's like i this is my life like all i do is think about the company and i've thought about it a million different ways by the time i've even brought it to you and if you don't know the full scope of what's going on then you're not going to be able to give me good advice mm-hmm. And, but then there are other times <clears throat> where, but when you just sit there and ask questions, you're just like, oh my gosh, really? And this and that, and what about this and that? You know, it, you're right. It, it does feel better 
but I will say there's a lot of times where you've given advice uh, where it has been really good. And it usually irks me at first because I'm just like, listen, little girl, I don't need your advice. But then in the inside, I'm not saying that in the mm-hmm. outside. But then I, I, I settle with it for five seconds and I let that go because I'm like, that's just my ego. Like, hey, sometimes I come down, up with like, great advice. Yeah, I know for real. And, and there's times where I'm just like, I'll institute what you've said. And I, mm-hmm. or at least it will give me a different perspective because, you know, I have a lot of women that are employees mm-hmm. and it's like sometimes I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about it logically, which I'm right. But then emotionally, I'm not really considering how, how that made them yeah. feel. And so whatever decision I made or whatever change had to happen at the company. So it is nice to have that woman's perspective. And and I think as a man that if you have the right woman in your corner, you can be a thousand times more successful and focused. So yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about your job title. It doesn't matter how much money you make. You don't have to be a CEO to attract a high value man. You just have to work on your womanly qualities, your heart, and not just only for your for the man, but of course for yourself as well, because that's what looks attract. The heart is what makes a man stay. Oh yeah. And you can't just, you know, go around just thinking like, oh, my looks are gonna get me to here and here. It's like that's only gonna get you so far. That's gonna that's gonna attract, like I said, a manipulator, a sociopath, a fuckboy. Or like even like you throwing around your job, it's like you're going to attract the man that wants to take advantage of you. So just work on your heart, work on your feminine energy, and don't let your job or how much money you make be the reason why you think you won't be attracting a high value man because they don't give a rat's ass about that. I love what you said about looks will attract a man, but the heart will make him stay. Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Good looking girls are a dime a dozen. They are. You, I mean, there's so many good-looking girls in the world, just like there's guys that are successful in the world. And there's a lot of successful guys. So if, that, if you're just looking for a guy with money, you can find him all day. Mm-hmm. If you're just looking for a girl, girl that's hot, you can find him all day. So what really makes you stand apart is all the stuff on the inside. Mm-hmm. And and you couldn't be more right. What, what's in the heart is what make a man stay. It's what made me stay. Mm-hmm. It's who you are on the inside that I fell in love with Mm -hmm. and who supports me and who's there for me and who shares the same vision, beliefs, qualities and just just loves me. Yeah. You know, has done all this research and and read all these books and done all of this to be where you're at to really, it's made my life so much easier. I mean, I remember in the beginning of our relationship and especially when I started this new business, because when she had met me, I was already basically retired and we were just traveling the world and it's easy to you know, to be a girl with a guy that has a lot of money and then be traveling the world and just he's not doing anything with no stress and we were just traveling and having fun. I mean, that's a, like a dream world. So when I started the new business because I wanted to take on a new challenge, then she started to see what it took for me to get there the first time with the first company and how much work I had to put in and all the stress and the, the roller coaster of emotions and that's when she really started to read all these books and learn about femininity and really start to learn about a man's brain. And as she did that, I just naturally found my life getting much and much easier because she just got it. She understood the way I thought. She understood what I needed to hear. And as she did that over and over, it was like, wow, why would I go anywhere else? Not only is this girl beautiful, which is great. Mm -hmm. It's a bonus, but 
now she's doing all these things that <laughs> she's going to be so hard to replace. <laughs> I mean, she has, you know, done so much self work. She's so feminine. She's so sweet. She's so nice to me. She boosts my ego left and right. It's like, so I'll look at other girls like I'm a man. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I notice an attractive woman. And we've talked about this. We're just wired this way, just like women notice attractive men. You know, if you see a good looking guy, you'll appreciate, wow, okay, you know, he works out, he takes good care of himself. I don't see anybody. (laughs) That's bullshit. Whenever I hear somebody say that, I'm just like, you're so full of crap. (laughs) So it's like, you know, but what I always think to myself is, yeah, but they're not going to be Ange. You know what I mean? They're not going to have done all this work. They're not going to be, you know, this kind and this sweet to me. They're not going to know all of this and how to, you know, uh, uh, take care of me and and push me forward and, and pick me up when I'm down and, and tell me I can do it and, and believe in me when no one else does uh, and have the sense of humor you have and just no one's going to be able to replace that ever. Like your soul is irreplaceable. And that's really what you have to do as a, as a woman and in, in, in you have to become irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. And the only way you're going to do that is by really taking self-development to heart and really work on improving yourself and being way more than just looks. Mm-hmm. If you're just relying on just your looks, you're going to rely on a guy that just relies on his money. Mm. And that's just as bad. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the male version of it. Oh, I make a lot of money so I can do what I want. I can say what I want. I can treat him however I want. And a girl that he's going to get the girl that goes, well, I'm good looking so I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want, be whoever I want. And I expect you to do this and this and this for me. You're going to have a really shallow, really empty life living that way because there's so much more out there for people that want to get deep. Yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. So good. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wait. Okay, so this, oh, I almost dropped the iPad. Okay, so a big lie number four I wrote is sexual sameness. So I always hear this quote and it's like, have you heard this before? It's like, why can men sleep with a bunch of women and get rewarded? And woman, and when women sleep with a bunch of men, we are called whores or sluts. Have you heard of that before? Oh, yeah. Or women like complain where it's like, well, this guy can sleep with uh, hundreds of women. But when I sleep, let's say with... 10 men and it's like i'm called a whore and a slut and it's like okay although i don't like the term whores and sluts i will say that men and women are not capable of enjoying sex the same way and in reality it's because most women cannot separate sex and love as easily as men can so casual sex leaves a woman being sad and unfulfilled and like i said in the last podcast a man can have casual sex with a woman and then go to the office the next day, feel refreshed, talk to his buddies about the night he had and can move on like it never happened. But majority of women, however, they wake up the next day with anxiety, they feel depressed and they're wondering if he's going to text or call. And this lie of sexual equality has led to the forming of this thing we call now as whole culture and cheating and just, just like literally sleeping with a lot of men. And I just feel like this is very popular among all ages, but in reality, this type of behavior, ladies, that just, it just leads us to the detachment from our own bodies and from your very soul. And there's a reason why people say have sex after marriage. There's a reason why God even says have sex after marriage is because you are only supposed to keep sex because it's so sacred it, it takes a part of your soul you have an attachment to the person you and there's energy exchanges happening and i know in the modern day world it's like well i'm not going to have sex after marriage but 
what I will say is at least wait to have sex to somebody that's actually committed to you, that actually like respects you and courts you and loves you and that actually wants to have a relationship with you. Because if you feel like you need to have sex in order for a guy to love and respect you, you're with the wrong man. And you like you shouldn't be scared to be like, no, I don't want to have sex and then him leaving. Because if he does leave, like I said, like we said before, it's like that wasn't the man for you. What are your thoughts? Nice in theory, hard in practicality. Mm-hmm. Explain. Socially, now we're conditioned to think sex is okay mm-hmm. well before marriage, and we were guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people are, and I agree. The best thing to do is to wait, of course, but it's something it's realistic anymore. Well, that's why I said, like, I feel like, of course, if you're very, if you're very, I would say, like, Christian or very spiritual, you say sex after marriage and you meet somebody that respects that. But I'm saying, in the, like, right but, now, I'm saying, I know it seems impossible, and I'm not saying do that. But I'm saying at least wait for somebody that's committed to you in a relationship. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that we said in the last uh, podcast was like you need to at least wait long enough for the man to develop feelings for you. Mm-hmm. I, I believe there is, and I'd have to refer to the study, but I think there's a legitimate study that shows that the men take longer to get a certain chemical mm. in their uh, brain that it does for the woman to get it instantly. And when they, when they fall in love and it just takes men longer. Mm-hmm. So you need, you're, you're like shooting yourself in the foot if you don't give the relationship at least a month for him to start feeling those feelings and work for it. Because if he's not working for it, he's not going to respect you. And I think as a woman, mm-hmm. yes, you are somewhat obligated to keep your number low because you are not, not only does it take a piece of you, but your value goes down with every man you sleep with. Uh, because a man, regardless if we've slept with hundreds of women, we're still going to look at a woman and want to believe that you've never slept with another man. Mm-hmm. And that when it comes to finding our wife, like, yeah, maybe a guy could sleep with hundreds of women, but if they were all hoes, then it doesn't matter. But for the woman that he wants to end up with, the one that he wants to have bear his children, the number absolutely has to be low because otherwise we're you're not even going to be uh, an option for us because we'll... You know, it's just like we're going to see you as low value. And it's it's not fair, but yeah. life isn't fair. And that's just one of those things. We're not we're not the same. We're different. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of those ones. It's it's like women say, oh, that's not fair. That It's like, well, I didn't create the rules. Mm-hmm. But that's just the way it is. Women are valued at much, uh, much lower value if they sleep with a lot of men. Men are valued higher when they sleep with more women. And, and I don't know why that is, but it is. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you have to play by the rules. <laughs> and if, if again, if you want a high value man. Yeah, I feel like though, I feel like though when it comes to body count, I know that of course, when, when, men, when men sleep with a bunch of women in our eyes, it doesn't matter. But I feel like for me, it's like, okay, you slept with a bunch of women, but how are the quality of women that you slept with? Like, are they all like fours and fives or all they, are they all well, like- what, what if they were all eights and nines and tens? Well, then I would think like, okay, at least you're sleeping with high value, not high value. I think you're just sleeping with just like, you can get pretty girls because if you only get like, let's say if I value myself as like a 10 Mm. and your track record is all fours and fives, it's like, I'm going to be the best girl he's ever been with. Like, eh, 
you know, but if your track record is like, okay, he's been with all eights, nines and tens, it's going to be like, okay, well, I am a pretty girl that he's with. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's okay if the guy has a lot of numbers as a high body count as long as listen, they were all tens. No, listen, in the world, in the world we live in today, don't be mean, in the world we live in today where men are like, okay, well, I can sleep with a bunch of women, but women can't sleep with a bunch of men. It's like, I get that body count matters and i feel like for a woman your body count does your body count has to be low you can't give yourself to everybody you can't and as a woman though for me i'm saying this is personally for me it's kind of just like okay well you're saying that you slept with hundreds of women and you're praising yourself but it's like what are the quality of women because anybody can go to a club and just sleep with whoever but it takes a lot of work to sleep with a pretty girl mm. <laughs> I disagree. I think that uh, if you're the right man, you can get whoever you want, and they are pretty. And you know. I guess you, I guess you want to know that you're sleeping with like at least in my head, it's like okay, at least he slept with pretty girls that take care of themselves, that look good, not like just anybody. Like you know, it, it's like a different perspective for me. You know. So it doesn't bother you. No. That's good. Obviously, it sucks. It, it would bother anybody, but you know, you have to come into like a realization at one point that like men, they're. I feel like when they people say like men are dogs, like that's not true because men, men, dogs are very loyal. So I say like, yeah, men are hunters or men are freaking pigs and all that stuff. But it takes that one woman to basically change the well, man. That's the way it worked for me. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah that guy, mm -hmm. and you met you, and it just changed everything. Because you had all these qualities that I'd been looking for. And what really kept me, because I don't think had you not changed, I would have stayed. Yeah. I don't think I would have. Like I It think would have been very hard. Yeah, I think it would have just gotten old and we would have just drifted apart and you would have just left and gone back to Toronto and it would have been a nice like six month thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't think it would have made it past that. But you and I because we had our lists and, and we knew exactly what we wanted and we checked all each other's boxes, we were like, okay, well, we have to make this work. And mm -hmm. when you have to, when you're the mindset that you have to make something work, yeah. and that's the way marriage used to be, you know, you're like, I'm with this person for life, I have to make it work. When you start thinking in that mindset, you start reading books, you start getting help, you start being open-minded to changing because you, you look at it as forever. So and you like, want well, it to work. Yeah, it's like, well, if I have to do this forever, then I'm going to bring this up right now because it's been bothering me and I'm not going to deal with this shit forever. Yeah. Versus putting up with it, sweeping it underneath the rug and letting the resentment build and then being in a position a year later where you're like, I'm miserable. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, well, that's your own fault. Mm -hmm. You knew this was bothering you two weeks in. Why didn't you say anything? So when anything irks me at all with you, I bring it up. And yeah. I know you do the same. Yeah. Because we just have that open communication. But it's like if we feel any sort of way, if you even look at me weird, I'm like, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on over there? You all right? Yeah. Are we good? Yeah. And you're like, well, this, this, and that. And I'm like, okay. You know, or, and then sometimes it's nothing. But at least I, it's like I want to get it out in the open. Or if you bug me. I'm just going to come out and be like, hey, listen, I love you, but here's what's bugging me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also... Like, I want this to be forever. I don't want to... You no. know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people have to stop getting into the fight or flight mode. And I feel I was like that. Like I said, I would always kind of like threaten the relationship. But I feel like I've, again, been on this spiritual journey. And me 
breaking up with Mike or me saying I don't want to be with him anymore because he's making me mad. Like that's not in my vocabulary anymore. Like I don't see a future without him. And when you get into that mentality where it's like, this is forever, we're going to make it work. Let's sit down, let's communicate and let's actually do the change. But again, it involves both people to work, not one person working and the other one just receiving. It's both need to work and both need to happen. So if you are in a relationship and you are in a marriage, you just got to be like, yo, I'm going to be with this person forever. Let's talk about it. How do we make this work? Because there's no such thing as breaking up. There's no, you're with me forever over there. For life. For life. Okay. So big lie. God willing. God willing. Yes. With the help of God. Um, so big lie number four, and this is a big one. And I just feel like a lot of women nowadays with education and careers and all that stuff, I feel like the modern day woman thinks that she'll be fertile forever and that her biological clock is not ticking because like I said, women get so caught up in their career goals. They forget about marriage, kids, and they just even forget about taking into consideration how old they will be when they're watching their kids grow up. So while your main focus is on your flourishing career, I feel like you also have to keep in mind on your reproductive system and your limitations on time. I just think men, they can wait until they're 30, 40, 50, and 60. I obviously don't think they should. They don't want to be grandpas kicking down a soccer ball. But I just feel like women, your biological clocks are ticking because you're going to reach, you're going to have this amazing life. You're going to live out your prime years. You're going to have this amazing career, but you're not focusing on nurturing any relationships that you're going to get to the age of 30, 35. And you're like, shit, like, I don't have a relationship. Like, what do I do? And you're by, you're only getting older. You're not getting younger. And what I'm saying is that like, it's not so much of a question as whether motherhood can be postponed. It's more of whether it should be postponed. And I just don't think it should. And what really opened up my eyes to finding true love when I was younger and me always wanting to you know, get married. Even though when I was younger, when I was in my masculine energy, I was, I didn't want to get married because my parents were divorced and I just saw a broken family and all that stuff. But then I was living with my mom for a very long time. And then I moved in with my dad and I started telling my dad about like, yeah, I don't want to get married. I'm just going to have a nice penthouse. I'm going to just like make my money and do whatever. And my dad's like, are you crazy? You know? And he kind of like knocked some sense into me. He's like, please don't let what happened with me and your mom, like be the reason why you don't have like you don't want to get married and have kids he's like I would be so mad your grandma would be so mad and it's like I knew deep down inside I'm just saying that because I was going through toxic relationships but deep down inside I know I didn't want to like I wanted to have love and I wanted to have a family but what really opened up my eyes is I remember being in my prime years so 19 to before I met Mike so basically 22 And the whole thing is like, live out your prime years, have fun, travel, find yourself, go do this, go do that. And that's exactly what I did. You know, yeah, make your money. And I was traveling, I was having fun, I was doing all these things, but I would have such empty relationships. And I remember the story, and this is what happened when I really opened up my eyes, where I had my friend and she had a sister and she, I think she was like 27 or 28 at the time. And she was very career driven. She was pretty. She was intelligent. She was smart. She had her own apartment in Toronto and everything seems great. You know, you would look at this girl and you'd be like, oh, she has everything figured out. She was living at her prime year. She was going to Europe in the summer, traveling here, going here, going there. And I was just like, yeah, she's having so much fun. But 
she reached this age where she was 27, 28. And she's just like, okay, I want to have a relationship. And it's not like you say you want to have a relationship and the next day you meet your Prince Charming and it's like happily ever after. It's like, it takes a lot of work to find a good man. And especially it's like one in a million to find like a true unicorn. It's like you have to put in the work. And I'm sorry to say that the older you get, the more you have to lower your standards because men, of course, when they're like, you know, when they're older, they're, they are looking for more youthful, younger women because they also don't want to be in a rush to get married and have children. But she was 27, 28. We were sitting down, we were having a conversation and she was struggling. Like, she's just like, my time is ticking. Like I, I haven't found a good man yet. I'm, and I was just watching her going through all these toxic relationships. And that really opened up my eyes. I was just like, I don't want to be that age and be in her position where she's struggling to find love and she's in this toxic relationship and she's wondering if like like what's going to happen in the future she's not married there's no plan she doesn't know if she's going to have kids I was just like if my dream is to have kids it's I want to be young and in love and whatever I am doing now traveling you know having fun it's like I would rather do it with the love of my life and that's exactly what happened <laughs> Mike stood up so what I'm saying is that you really have to take it into consideration. It's just like, okay. And like, I say this with my sister now and she's just like, you know what? Like, I'm good. I'm just going to focus on school. I'm going to focus on my career. And I'm just like, okay, but like, don't wait so long because you can't wait forever. And I know a lot of women now that they're above 30 and they, they're talking to me and they're saying like, oh, where can I find a man? And they're planning on like freezing their eggs. And it just, it breaks my heart because they're such good women, but they have focused on their careers for so long that they never nurtured that relationship with a man. And now they're struggling. And it's nice to know that like, you know, Mike and I, I, I am young and I did find the love of my life at a young age because I wanted to, but it's nice to know that we're not in a rush to have kids either, that we can enjoy our marriage now. And, you know, and I know that's a relief for him. It's not like, okay, we have to get married and then have kids right away. And then that's it. It's like, no, now we get to actually enjoy ourselves because I'm, I'm still young. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so that's what my, that was big lie. Number f five. I think I said number five or number four. How many big lies we got? I have one more left. Okay. Okay. And I feel like this is very educational because us women, oh, we yeah. have been brainwashed. So big lie number six is to be feminine means to be weak. <laughs> yeah. That so one's a great one. I thought being feminine before this, I was like, I, that's weak. That's weak status. But being feminine does not mean being weak. And the lie just completely denies the power of femininity. And the traditional feminine behaviors of softness, sweetness, kindness, radiance are... I feel like they seemed so ridiculous when they really aren't. Men love that. Women love that. Like everybody loves that. I, I don't get like what had what has happened and what got lost in translation where everybody thinks it's just weak qualities to have. And I just feel like these girlish attitudes that come so natural to us women are now discarded in favor of male aggressiveness. So we suppress our femininity and we just adopt more masculine traits because we wanted to feel quote unquote more powerful. And in reality, a woman's soft behaviors are powerful. It's hypnotical and it's appealing to men and women. 
And your feminine self is your energy and people can feel it. And like I said before, it's like I notice when I operate on my feminine energy and I'm smiling, I'm having a gentle voice, I'm nice, I look cute. I notice a lot of people want to help me and they go out of their way and they go above and beyond and men want to open the door for me. People smile at me more. And that's because I'm giving off this innocent, inviting, girly-ish energy that everybody loves. And I feel like in the Western culture, people don't, people don't, um, they don't feel that anymore. Yeah. You know, everything is just like expected and nobody's smiling and everybody's just like, you're, you want to be like that breath of fresh air. And that's a very powerful energy to have, especially in a society where it lacks, you are the light everywhere you go. And that is powerful. But like I said, however, there are times where I'm super stressed, uptight, and I have like my resting bitch face on and I can just literally feel my energy is so off and everything I just listed above, I do, I experience the exact same opposite. So it's like knowing when I operate on my feminine energy, I get to experience like the the fruitful way of living and the fruitful life. You know, it just, it doesn't seem weak in my books. I feel like you look at the world in a more different way. Like sometimes when I'm operating on my masculine energy, I feel like everybody's out to get me. Everybody's in competition. Like I have so many decisions to make. And then when I operate on my feminine energy, I'm just like, everything is good. Everything is great. Like things will happen when they're supposed to happen. I'm more grateful. I have like a nice attitude. Like, you know, I go out and people are just like attracted. They're smiling at me. And I just feel like it makes me feel so much better. Yeah. I, um, I'll put it like this. I am very dominant. I'm very power driven. I'm very aggressive I make a lot of decisions I have a lot of people that work for me and I'm very just you know I'm very aggressive I get I get what I want mm -hmm. you know and I push people and I and I and I really try to push people by leaders in my company and then the different people that work for me I push them to become the best versions of themselves and and I really try to just push as much as I can push 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 and I always get what I want during the day you know mm -hmm. because I get to Mm -hmm. Because it's my company, right? And so I'm I'm a typical, you know, and then and then I work out, right, in the morning and I just got the testosterone pumping and I'm feeling good. I feel strong and I I just feel like I've got, you know, everything I could want, right? And my ego could be at a ten. And then you come in with this sweet little baby angel voice <laughs> and you come in with your heels and you come in with your dress and you come in with your little, you know, uh pigtail hair and and with your big smile and your wide eyes and I could have just gone through the like longest hardest day and you come at me like that and you're just like this little princess and you completely disarm me and you completely lower all my guards instantly and all that fighting I want to do you know and to to compete out in the in the workplace just completely the, all the walls come crashing down mm -hmm. and and you then will ask me hey baby can you do this can you do that it's like i'll do anything for mm -hmm. you and because that's the way because of the way you're acting you're mm -hmm. acting super feminine and mm -hmm. super sexy and it's like yeah i'll do whatever you want so you tell me is that weak you I'm know it's like to the maybe the outsider looking in they'd be like oh she's weak because she 
won't open her, her her own car door, but it's like, isn't it powerful that you can get a powerful man to open the car door for you? Mm-hmm. Isn't it powerful that you can get a, a powerful man to buy you dinner? Isn't it powerful that you can live somewhere and not have to pay? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you tell me what's true power because that sounds way more powerful than what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm powerful because I get to, you know, make money and I get to, you know, uh, do all the things I'm doing, which is great. But ultimately, a feminine woman is even is just as powerful because her emotions and her beauty and her energy can sway a man mm-hmm. to really do most everything she wants. So you tell me who's more powerful because in my opinion, a feminine, beautiful woman is many times more powerful than men. So that's just the way I look at it. So I think that is one of the, I think the biggest lie you say for the last, which is absolutely not true at all. Women are not weak. Yeah. At all. They can be so strong and they have this power inside of them that they just haven't tapped into and they don't even know that they can use to get everything they want in life. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like the feminine energy greatly, like when you're in your feminine energy, it greatly enhances your feelings of also like vulnerability, receptiveness, and your desirability. And these feelings in return, they inspire high levels of devotion and protection for men as well. Like you just mentioned, like when I'm in my feminine energy, like Mike wants to profess his love. He wants to provide more. He wants to protect me more. So me unlocking those qualities in myself, unlock qualities, unlock certain qualities in Mike's masculine body as well. And I just feel like many modern day women, we fail to recognize that men respond most favorably to behaviors that are different from their own and not the same because they want that polarizing feeling. If they want, if they wanted to be with someone that has the same masculine energy, I just feel like they can go date like one of your boys, like, you know, and, um, I just feel like a woman's newly acquired masculine traits may work in the marketplace. And if you're the CEO, but it's often a cause of destruction in personal relationships. And I lied. There's one more left. And this is a quick one. My last big lie is that women love feminized men. Dun, dun, dun. And what I'm saying is that, so as women, when we adopt more masculine values and men adopt more feminine values, we thought we were able to enjoy each other even more, like on a different level. But women always complain. And when they ask what what they look for in a man, they have a whole list. And it goes like, the list goes something like this. It's like, I want my man to be gentle and I want him to be sweet and expressive and emotional. And they start listing all these core feminine qualities So when they attract a man that has all these feminine qualities that they're listing, they call him a wimp. And I, and I thought like when I wanted all these qualities, a man as well, but I might as well, like when I was listing before I met Mike, I wanted all these feminine qualities. And it's like, men don't operate the same way. If you want a high value man, you got to just change the way like your list is. So I like might as well go find a girl best friend if I wanted a man to be compassionate and sweet and gentle with his voice and expressive and all these things. But I changed it and I said, you know what? I want my man to be a leader, a protector, a provider, loyal, respectful. And 
I just feel like if you attract a more feminine man, a feminine man can't turn into a macho man. But if you attract a more masculine man, he does have more of those. He can tap into his feminine qualities, like still be sweet and compassionate. But his more superior energy is masculine. So I just feel like women, when you are making your lists, don't list very feminine qualities that you are looking for because you're not going to find those core traits in a man. A core trait is a provider, a protector, a man of God, and all those masculine traits that Mike mentioned earlier. So when you're making your list, I would say you're going to be attracting a more feminine man that you actually aren't attracting. It's like you think you want that kind of man. But then when you get this kind of man, you're like, yo, this guy's a loser. Like this guy, I have him wrapped around my fingers. So what I'm saying is just recreate your list to have more core masculine values and traits. This was a good one. Very informational. Yeah. Okay. And I guess to close this off, as I mentioned, I don't even know how many lies I mentioned. I think I mentioned like five, six or seven. I think I like jumbled all the numbers up because we were just talking. Um, But what I'm saying is I just want you guys to have a more clear understanding of what masculine energy is, feminine energy, and just have we as a society have been brainwashed. It's not our fault. I was brainwashed. Mike, when he was growing up, were you brainwashed? Oh, yeah. So but I had to leave the country to learn to be unbrainwashed. Yeah, so the best part of all this stuff is like now that you know, and we also get brainwashed by social media, TV, music. So it's not it's our everywhere. fault. It's everywhere. It's yeah, it's there's something happening in society where they want people to be more like this, like to have switch in a role. And but almost the, all the Netflix series are pushing masculine females and feminine men. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everywhere I look. Yeah, it's just it's It's pretty disturbing. It is very disturbing. So do not look to media. uh, Do not look to TV shows, social media, anything to to get your examples. You need to look to God. Yeah, I mean, really, or or just listen to Ange because she's definitely got it figured out. Yeah. But what the beautiful part is the more you educate yourself, the more you see things differently and the more you see like life in a different way and you start noticing these things more. And what I'm saying is like the best part of it is that we don't have to stay in this mentality forever. So women, you don't have to stay in your masculine mentality forever is we can change, we can wire our brains differently and we can start living in our true feminine and eight energy. And what I'm saying is like, I hope this podcast helps. And so does my Instagram page. And so does Mike coming on here and just talking about his views. And I hope it shows you that being a feminine woman and embracing it is so much more powerful than a woman embracing her masculine energies, because that's us operating in an energy that we are not true to. So I just want everybody to continue listening and following. And I just want to change our energies and mindsets together so yeah i hope this was very educational i know this was almost two hours long but we had to fit a lot of information in this podcast so i hope you guys listened to it all and we will see you guys next week i love you and love you too really proud of you thank you all the help you're doing i know that everybody really appreciates it yeah so thank you everybody thanks guys Until next time bye
Thank you for listening to the Bring Back Femininity podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and follow. And if you want more people part of this femininity journey, please share. You never know who needs to hear it. Stay tuned every Monday for a new episode. Till next time.